Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back. Here's a look at your Tuesday footy fix in Women's Champions League. We've got Rosengard taking on Frankfurt. Barcelona will face Benfica and Slavia Prague will face Lyon. You can watch all those matches on DAZN. Uh, we also have some U-17 World Cup action tomorrow bright and early. The USA will take on Burkina Faso. Mexico hosts Venezuela and France will face South Korea. All those matches on FS2. Let's send it on over to Ali Trost-Martin for some headlines. Ali. Thanks, Stu. We start with some U.S. men's national team news as Johnny Cardoso has been forced to withdraw from U.S. men's national team camp with an ankle injury. Cardoso picked up the injury in Internacional's 3-0 loss to Palmeiras on a Saturday. No replacement has been called in. The Americans host Trinidad and Tobago in Austin, Texas on Thursday in the first leg of their two-leg quarterfinal series. Now we go over to an inspirational story up the road from here in Maine, where Lewiston High School's boys soccer team provided a moment of joy for a community coping with tragedy. The Lewiston Blue Devils defeated Deering High School on Saturday in the Class A Boys State Championship, a victory that came just two weeks after a mass shooting in the area that left 18 dead and 13 injured. Tegra and Belly's stoppage time winner set off celebrations and an emotional response for a team and city that had endured so much. After the win, Mbele put into words just what the victory meant to the team, saying, quote, it was the joy we brought to the fans, which made them go crazy. We just wanted to give back to the city with all they have gone through. It brings me great joy and to everyone who made it happen. We have more on this story with some very special guests. Back to you, Suzanne. Oh, thanks so much, Allie. Oh, my gosh. How amazing. Um, well, right now, we are absolutely thrilled and honored to welcome in the head coach of the Lewiston Maine boys soccer team, uh, Daniel Gish. And he's joined by a few of his captains as well. Wow. We've got Aiden Payson and DJ. Good morning, y'all. Thank you so much. Hey, state champs, how does it feel? <laughs> feels great. Still feels good. We haven't come down yet. <laughs> okay, so we saw those incredible moments on the field when you guys won and the celebrations. Can you just kind of take us back to that moment and what was going through your heads? What did it feel like? It was unbelievable, to be honest. It was like, I felt like the season all just flashed in one moment. It was like, wow, we just did it. We did what we had to do, so... We love it. Well, considering um, everything that that town has been dealing with over the last few weeks. And I mean, just to be able to, to give people something to celebrate in, in Lewiston, can you put it into words, coach, what, what it meant to you and what it meant to the team and to the town? Oh, it, it's hard to find the words. Um, we just hope that we, we helped with the healing process. Uh, you know, we we had a one of the one of the victims' um, uh, sons played for us, 
um, you know, back in the day. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, it was emotional. Uh, and I will say that the maturity of my players to keep uh, the focus that they needed and, and showing the empathy that they did. Um, they knew people were hurting and uh, they still, they wanted to accomplish a goal that they set, you know, since they were, you know, eight years old, you know, these, some of these guys have been playing together and uh, they knew what they needed to do. And uh, their, their mental strength uh, is something that I will always remember. And uh, we'll, we'll never forget this one, but we were just really happy to, to give some joy and some celebration to some people that are, that are healing. And this question is for the young gentleman. How did you, how did you come together as a team in the wake of, of this strategy? How'd you, how'd you overcome some of this adversity and, and put together some of these performances to win a state championship? Uh, it took a little bit. We weren't allowed to practice for a few days, but when we got back on the pitch, we were focused right from the start. Everyone was there, and we just stayed focused the entire time. Were you were you guys communicating throughout this when you weren't practicing? Were you were you guys staying in touch? Were you got what were those conversations like? Yeah, definitely. As captains, we felt that we needed to make sure that everybody was okay, everybody was in shelter. So th the second I heard something was happening, I was texting all my all my teammates, all my family, friends, everybody. So we were definitely in contact the whole time. I was reading an article uh, about the uh, the run that you guys had, and, and the thing that kept coming up is the idea that uh, fairy tales do happen. Uh, Coach, at what point did that become a message to sort of help galvanize this team? We've used it as a source of strength. Um, you know, we just said, you know, there's going to be tough times. It's going to be a tough road. Um, you know, we went from an overtime win in the quarterfinals to, to finding out that uh, – you know, the, the active shooter was happening and, you know, phone calls were, you know, you go from, you know, a high to, you know, worrying about your family. And, and these guys are family. They they know we're all a family. We spend so much time together, you know, during the season, off the season, you know, off season. And uh, you just worry about life in general and you it, it puts things really in perspective. And then we, you know, thinking of others, you know, what they're going through and how they lost uh, their loved ones so tragically, uh, I, I really believe that it gave us the strength to get through. And, and that's incredible. I mean, this just goes to show what our sport can do to inspire a, a community. So um, I want to give you, from the bottom of my heart, a congratulations um, for, for being able to overcome such tra tragedy and also inspire a community. Um, what it, I grew up in New Hampshire. So I, I'm pretty familiar with, with soccer uh, in this part of the country. What is the state of, of soccer in Maine right now? Oh, it's at an all-time high. You know, we've got a – they just approved a stadium for, uh, you know, the Portland uh, USL. USL League. Yep. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, we have a semi-pro uh, league here with the Wajada and, uh, soccer team and, and just – Kids in general, uh, you see, all, you go all around Lewiston, you go all around and it's, you know, 20, 30, 40 kids playing at recess. And, you know, we're going after school to bring the gold ball to the, uh, Connors Elementary. And, uh, you know, it's just we're going to go on a tour and, and, and spread the love.
It's thriving. I love it. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Question for the guys. Uh, you guys support any any team in Man City? All three Man City? I'm an Arsenal fan. Let's, Let's go. go. Too many Arsenal fans. Caden, I, I knew you I knew no, you were my we, guy. We have to vet our guests. <laughs> and if they're Arsenal fans, it's like too much in, in, in this yeah. area. Payson, who you got? I don't really have a favorite team. <laughs> All right, Rebs, Rebs. Oh, New Revolution. Payson, All right, let, let me like give it. you a recommendation. The greatest team in South America, their name is Boca Juniors. <laughs> They're one of the greatest oh, boy. teams. They beat Real Madrid and AC Milan in the Intercontinental Cup Finals. In so just, 1495. No. Yeah. No, in, 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 in 2000 and 2003, so recently. Uh, All right. They didn't then. They <laughs> just said they weren't born then. Yeah. Oh, man. Boy, do we feel old. Um, all right, this one's for the guys as well. Uh, do you guys have – what year are you all in high school at this point? Seniors. You're seniors. all seniors. All right. Are, do, any, do you have college aspirations? Do you, do you want to go pro? What, what does that look like for you guys? Well, I'm trying to attend college for dentistry and then wow. also career in soccer too. But, yeah. Amazing, amazing. What about, Aiden, what about you? I'm probably going to go to college for finance. Nice. All right. Money. Payson? Okay. Um, I'm definitely looking at colleges to go for um, economics and pursue my soccer career. Amazing. I have one last question for the the guys as well. How did you celebrate the win? What's the thing? Was it milkshakes? Was it burgers? Was Wendy's, it? Taco Bell. What is it, Taco <laughs> Bell maybe? You know, it's an Applebee's. Applebee's. <laughs> What'd you get? What, that's what, a throwback. Wait, what, what's the, the dessert? Do they have the skillet cookie there? Yeah, that's the, the brownie with the ice cream on top, yeah. right? The skillet? It's so good. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> that, was, that was Applebee's. I, I was going to Applebee's in college. That was like the spot. We were, we were Applebee's yeah. and TGI Fridays. Do they still exist? Yeah, I think so. You guys never heard of TGI Friday? It was invented in 1495. <laughs> um, Coach, I just want to ask you too. I mean, when you look at these guys and you're, you're seniors, I know it's probably you know to to kind of end the way it did on on such a high. How proud are you of these guys? I uh, I get choked up. Um, I love them like they're my sons, Aww. and I will. Uh, I'll miss them. And <laughs> oh man, yeah. just really blessed. Feel really blessed. Yeah. Well, you guys uh, gonna repeat next year or what? <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> okay, yeah, no go. pressure. This, this train's not stopping. No reason to get choked up. You got a free dentist sitting next to you and a financial. <laughs> You're going to do just fine. I'll be well taken care of. Everything's on the up. Uh, well, we, uh, we can't thank you all enough for, for taking the time to join us here today on Morning Footy. Your story is so inspiring, and we are so darn proud of you over here. Thank you so much, guys. All the best to you. Thank, Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Fairy tales do happen. God, what a great story. All right, um, we are going to take a break on Morning Footy. We are going to do a little deep dive on the team sitting on top of the La Liga standings when we return. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. 
It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Girona are winning and they're playing brilliant football as well. We are not respecting how well they are playing and how many goals they can score. And it's Savio, still Savio. Can he sell me? He can in the 98th minute from absolutely nowhere. He goes to Dobbik, who looks for Ivan Martin, who finds the opening goal. And just like that, Girona go in front, cuts it back. And the shot will go into the bottom corner. They are playing as a, as a big team, really. Martin, Sigenkov, Artem Dobbik. So it comes out, Sevilla scores, and Girona are in front. What a season they are having. Welcome back. 13 games into the La Liga season, and the team sitting on top of the standings is one you wouldn't expect to be there. That is Girona. They've won their last six matches, and since the City Group took over, um, it's been quite a remarkable run. They were only just promoted to La Liga in 2022, um, but currently in first place. 11 wins on the season. So, Charlie, how surprised are you that Girona <laughs> is the team sitting on top of the standings right now? Very surprised. Yeah. Very surprised. And I don't see them at the top of the table Jeez. at the end of no, the season. Nobody does. <laughs> no, nobody I mean, does. It, it's, been, it's been stellar. But, but it's thir 13 games in. Yes, and you can only play who, 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 who's on the, on the sheet, right? Who is, who's on the schedule. But they haven't played top opponents. You know, they played Real Madrid and they got spanked. Right, so in terms of the teams that they've beaten, there's no one, they haven't beaten Real Madrid, Barcelona, now they're playing Atletico Madrid. So okay. they're going to play Barcelona. When they play against the top teams, I think they're put in check, right? But well, they have beaten the, the teams that aren't They're aren't beating good. the teams that, you know, maybe I don't even want to say they should, but what, what's, what's, gone, what's gone right? Considering Kinko? the way that Barcelona's playing, like to, if the game was tomorrow and it's, it's not tomorrow, but it's soon. It's December 10th. But let's just say, if it was tomorrow, I wouldn't be so sure if Barcelona would spank Girona. Uh, Girona's much more convincing than Barcelona. They have m more fight. Barcelona relies on their quality. Their quality takes them through certain wins, like at the weekend against Alaves for, for Barcelona. Girona plays like a team. In that schedule that they've played, they've come back in five games which tells you a lot about the spirit the and, and the mentality of mm -hmm. at where this team is at. And, and specifically even for manager Michel, who is from Vallecas at the weekend, they played Rajo Vallegano. 
And they got a big win coming from behind. And he's galvanized his team and got the most out of it. They have a Ukrainian connection up top in Dovbik and Sigankov. Um, but they also have a little bit of flair in Savio on the wing. Add Yangel Herrera into the mix. Um, they have a goalkeeper that has experience in, in the Premier League. Daily an Argentine blend. goalkeeper, Paulo Gasaniga. They have Daily, Daily Blind. It's who they it's got a, for free. It's, it's a good, right. it's, it's a have, good some, team that has fight, and I don't know if it's... I, I think it's easy to say, okay, they is haven't played against the best team. Right. Maybe, no. let, let's see. Is I'll it, expl- do you I'll, think it's sustainable? It's not, and I'll explain how it's not, but to give Michel some credit, and it's hard to understand how difficult this is, he is not Catalan, and he's one of the few managers that, have, that aren't from the Catalan region that have taken over a Catalan team and has learned the language, which is really difficult. It's a very frustrating language. And he even runs it. What's so different about it? Tu no parlas catalán? It's... You compran more catalán, mano parlo, bah. It's merging Spanish, <laughs> Spanish, Portuguese, and swallowing your tongue. If you merge those three, it's Catalan. Yeah. It's very difficult to understand. He does his press conferences in Catalan. He is, wow. He's helped sort of unite a little bit, a region that is 99% for Barcelona. He's helped sort of unify it a little bit, which is kind of nice. So as far as a manager's concerned, he's clearly bought in, and I think his players have bought in as well. So that, but no, it's not. Yeah. I don't think it's sustainable. I, 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 I'm a big fan of Savio. I think Incredible he, he's going to, I don't think he'll be there next season. Okay. But that's the plan, right? I mean, right. That, th- these are the, it's owned by City Football Group. These are the types of feeder clubs that they, they would hope to have. They would hope to have a team that's on the, on the rise because then they can pluck those players in or supply them with players like a young Hel Herrera who can help facilitate this growth. You know, they they form they set up in a three four three, but like for like until the whistle's blown. Right. They attack in a three one six. It's insanity. I you were they do you would think they would do a double pivot, right? With a three four three, but they do a single pivot. Sometimes it's Yangel Herrera. But before that pivot gets the ball, two players are rushing the goal from the from the half spaces. Which as a defender, you must be like, what what is going on? Like the player hasn't even gotten the ball to pass it to them yet, and they're already making the run. But that's how you leave space open behind. So that's why they have a little bit of difficulty. I set up some uh, oh. XG. Oh. Some expected. Yeah, you did. Of course Alex you did. Guerreros. So they have 31 goals, but their XG is 26.28. So that means they're overperforming. Okay. They have a non-penalty XG of uh, 0.14 in the 90 minutes. That's number one. What do, what do you mean? Non-penalty XG. So uh, XG outside of penalties. If you take it's away the penalty simple. kicks, which so raises the XG. So so, is, but they have 0.14? That's number one in La Liga. That's top. They're at, top of La Liga. So they, that means they're very... zero? Yes, that means they're very efficient at taking shots. They're very efficient. They're finding high-quality shots, especially outside of penalties. Touches in the opponent's box, which you would understand, that leads to a lot of wins. Per 90 minutes, they're fifth in La Liga. So they're getting a lot of action into the box. You mentioned Dov Bick, uh, tons of crosses to him. Uh, Savio, tons of cutbacks. They lead the, they, I think they're in the top 10% in crosses as well in league. Um, XA, which is expected assists from crosses per 90, they're first in La Liga. So they're clearly, clearly getting the ball into those channels. They've got six going forward. Here's the issue. First of all, we see 31 goals with, 20, uh, with 26 being your XG. Mm-hmm. That means you're overperforming. That's a little bit of a worry because can you keep that going for an entire season? Now let's look at defensively. And this is where the glaring issues show up. 
they have an XGA, X goals allowed, of 19.4. Mm. That's 14th in La Liga. That means they're susceptible. Again, so many players bombing forward. They're susceptible to being scored on. They've got a GPI, which is a gegenpressing intensity of .55. They're fourth in La Liga, which shows they really try to pressure the ball as soon as they lose possession. They yeah. try to pressure the ball, and they win it. They tend to win it in attacking, in attacking areas, but if they don't, their gegenpressing uh, efficiency is 0.38. Goes to show how good they are because they're second in La Liga at gegenpressing. But as we know, if you're bombing forward, if you're sending six attackers forward, even if you're gegenpressing, if they get clear, if they get through that, right. they're going to score. And, and that's what we're seeing. So is this sustainable? They're currently overperforming their XG as far as goals so scored. So Paulo Gazaniga is... is are overperforming as a goalkeeper. All of them. All of them overperforming. But he's susceptible. He deals with a lot of one-on-ones. He deals with a lot of defenders that are trying to handle two or three attackers coming at him because so many players are bombing forward. That goes to show that against the big teams, like what happened at Real Madrid, they're going to get caught out because well, there's a lot of quality. We saw there. what Cast- uh, Tati Castellanos did last year for Real Madrid. Madrid. against Real Madrid, Ooh. right? Phenomenal. And, and that's how the play. It's going to be interesting in the second half mm-hmm. of this La Liga schedule how teams La segunda adjust. vuelta. I think we have that graphic. Segunda, let's look at segunda, let's look at their upcoming matches vuelta. for Girona. La segunda revuelta. No. Yeah. No. La segunda revuelta. Let's no, just see vuelta, the graphic. Just vuelta. Oh, <laughs> la segunda vuelta. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> He's Dominican. <laughs> See. Um, all right, here it is. Here's a look at their upcoming schedule and I mean it it gets a lot are we making More too much of the, the teams they're playing? Because they're in first. Shouldn't these teams exactly, be worried about them? Exactly. Uh, and, and I can guarantee you well, they four are. four home games. That's four they home are. games and, and two away games. I mean, Atletic having to go to Girona is going to be a difficult game for Atletic. Valencia, who they is were just struggling yeah. Barcelona, big time. Not but at Barca. In, in a derby. Oh, but at Barca at their other stadium. Right. And with Barca not being convincing, having Champions League in between, obviously, already qual- did they qualify already I forgot but they're like foot and a half in the door like still okay but this so- is a streets will never forget season this is one of those we're going to be talking about how exciting they were to watch yeah, the depends. electric football it doesn't matter where they finish no at least yeah, they're playing it, electric. so you're saying it doesn't matter where they no. finish based on yes where, it does where i don't at, think so they're sitting they're sitting in first too. place right now at the end of this season what what is success for them if if they don't make top Europe, six, streets will forget. No, streets will never forget the way they're playing. It'll be a better. Many, you know how many La Liga teams that were good for moments? Mm-hmm. Were, and the streets forgot. And no. streets forgot. You got to <laughs> the streets. We're, you got to have a, you got to have a physical achievement to vouch for that success in they have to in get La Europe. Liga. Should they and be allowed in Champions League? Because of the double ownership. Because of, of, of Manchester City, I think they'll find a way to yeah. circumvent that eventually. But well, us, the newspaper, yes, yeah. that's what I was told. Uh, it was called. Uh, they said that as long as the folks that are associated with City Football Group, who are on the board of Girona or Girona, they they rescind their positions yeah. just before they submit their qualification, their license to get to get into Europe uh, Champions League. Then they're allowed to go into. Well, that will happen then. That will happen. And and so some fans believe they shouldn't be allowed in. They'll figure out a way to do it. But the thing with Girona is now their reality is how do we maintain this, make it sustainable to get to Europe. I don't know if they're thinking we're going to win La Liga. No. For a club like this, if they can finish top four, game by game. I think that's how you're looking at this. Is all right. We're top of the Liga now. We got to stay consistent. 
but mm-hmm. top four has got to be the goal. Yep. Get, considering where we are now, top four has to be I the think goal. This feels like Brighton to me. And if you get into Europe at all, considering two seasons ago they were in Liga I Two, think, I think they were sitting be, on top of the table, though. No. No. I think they would but be very if they get happy into Europe. if they made Europa League even. Oh. I think they would be absolutely. Very it would thrilled. be fun to see them in like conference against some of those teams. Oh yeah, oh, that'd be fun. Right, Europa League even against some of those teams. You no, have some of lower caliber teams in the group stage of Europa oh, League. You said it on me. All, all aboard. The even G-Rona in Champions train. League, you have lower yep. caliber teams that are. Just, yeah. How about how about Libertad? Are you on that train? It's even. fun to watch. Yeah. Why not? Why can't we just have fun? Where do they end in the season? (laughs) Top four? You think they make top four? Nope. Nope. I think top four. Yes. Yeah. I'm gonna say top four. Atletico Madrid, Betis. I believe. Too much quality over an entire season. I think. Top four. Charlie. All right, guys. Salito. Top four. Top four. Top six. Putting a pin in it. We're We're gonna take a break. (laughs) Oh jeez. Head coach of the USU 23s, Marco Mitrovic, joins us next. Don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back to Morning Footy presented by Taco Bell. USU 23s in action this weekend. Here's a look at the upcoming fixtures on November 18th. They will face Iraq, followed up by a match against Morocco. Nico, on November 21st. Yeah, game against You're going to be torn. On this one, where is your where are your loyalties? <laughs> My lo- the U.S., of course. <laughs> Wait, ask the accountant first. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we are uh, absolutely delighted to welcome in the head coach of the U.S. U23s, Marco Mitrovic. Hello, Marco. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Hi, everyone. Doing great. How are you? Uh, we are fantastic, and we're excited to to chat with you today. Um, all right. So the roster dropped. Um, what are you What are you hoping to see from your guys uh, in these upcoming friendlies? Yeah, um, if we speak about um, individually, all of them, it's it's great opportunity for for them and for us to evaluate them and learn more about each of them individually. Uh, as we know, this is our only second camp being together, but it's also great opportunity for us to advance our style of playing, uh, to advance our game model, and to make those steps forward towards the Olympic Games. Marco, you, you served as the in, um, assistant interim when when BJ and, and Anthony Hudson were, were taken over for the U.S. Men's National Team. So you got a, a good sense of working with a lot of the senior um, youth players. Who, so who are you looking at as leaders within this group to help the younger guys um, as, as they kind of integrate into, into the squad? I mean, we have some of the guys that uh, I had the opportunity to work, uh, like you said, uh, with time with Anthony and BJ. Uh, obviously, I know more about them than uh, some of the guys that I worked first time. But I, I, I believe also that in every environment, somehow those leaders show up and uh, we are still trying to learn who are those guys that can uh, 
take that leadership role um, in this process. Uh, Coach, when you look at the way Burhalter has his system set up, the hope of every fan is that that system can sort of be duplicated in the lower levels and the youth levels so that they can prepare themselves for if they get a chance to get called up to the senior squad. How important is it for you to implement that system? And do you think you have the players to duplicate that system? Uh, when you speak about system, I assume we spoke about the, the, the shape or, or positions of the players. For, for us, it's more about the way we want to play and uh, our style. Uh, obviously, we want to be aligned, all, all youth uh, national teams, with our game model and our principles. Obviously, we all coaches have different tactics into those those uh, game models, but we want to be in a line from from our uh, the youngest age groups all the way to to MNT. Marco, you're born in Serbia. Uh, wanted to ask you about any dual nationals, maybe in Serbian American that you know behind the scenes, because we don't want another Nevin Subotic situation happening where we got an <laughs> American Serbian choosing Serbia over the U.S. Yeah, I, I I don't know actually right now. Uh, yeah, but there are there are people from from uh, players actually from from Yugoslavia that are part of our our youth system and uh, yeah, but I don't know any Serbia now like a case like Nevin Subotic. Nice, maybe one will come up. Don't worry, I I know one will pop up. I mean, we have Rokas Pukstas who's Croatian, so uh, there is quality there. And specifically about your background in. Serbia, what's it like having that international experience? It's almost like a different world, right? Coaching uh, and running as well. I mean, yeah, it's it's something different that you bring to the table for, especially a youth system in in the U.S. Do you feel like you have that to your advantage? I, I believe that each coach has some experience and some knowledge that he can bring to the group, you know, and. Uh, I, I did work with uh, with um, younger age groups for one part of my career, and uh, especially like with Serbian youth system. Uh, there are two two perspectives there. One of development of the players that yeah, we were quite successful, if I can say, like developing some of the players. I think the last World Cup we had opportunity through my process with Star, uh, sorry, with uh, Serbian uh, youth national teams to I think I worked with eleven players that played that World Cup. And also, we had some good success, like with under 20s when we won the World Cup. So that all creates some experience and knowledge about the process and what means. First of all, we have to recognize the, the right talent and then what it takes to those players to get to the highest level. And when we speak about MNT and, uh, and wh where we want to be, uh, the USA, and uh, on what level, we have to match that with the level of our players. And that's something that probably that experience that I had in the past helps. Marco, you have players like Joshua Atencio, Diego Luna, Jack McGlynn, who are, are big parts of their team while they're competing in the playoffs in, in Major League Soccer. Uh, what part of this team positionally excites you the most? Is there uh, where the competition is, is most fierce because you, you have a lot of talent, whether it's in the striker pool, the midfield pool, or, or the back line? Yeah, I mean, as, as a coach, I'm excited about the team. I believe that we really have to be strong in each line, in each phase of the game, and in each moment of the game. So when we want to dominate the, the game with the ball, we have to have all players that are comfortable, from the goalkeeper all the way up to the forward. But also when we defend, we have to feel comfortable that 
everyone from forward all the way to the goalkeeper will do their job. And set pieces, so all phases of the game, every player has to have influence. And uh, listen, it's nothing new if I say that every team also has strengths and weaknesses. But uh, right now we are looking to have the real good balance in our team and that we have uh, like all lines equally ready for each phase of the game. I know in the under 20s, there were, were some occasions where it was tough to get players released. How have you found that in, in this role with the under 23s? Because I know there are some that are extremely important to their club. Uh, do you have good relationships? Have, have players or have, have teams allowed their players to, to come into camp? This is something that we are working on. And um, there are obviously clubs that understand situation. Uh, and it's in this moment easier to talk about that. And uh, obviously there are clubs that they have their own perspective. What really is important for us that we understand we have only four camps prior to the Olympic Games. We are going to main stage and uh, it's not just going to the Olympic Games. There is a process before that. And uh, yeah, but like I said, some of the some of the clubs are more open to to collaborate right now and with the other clubs it's it's part of our job to to educate them and to explain them our situation and uh our perspective as well so we are get on the same page we're trying to win gold you know what I mean? Let's go. <laughs> uh coach uh obviously you have a long playing career you have a great coaching career but for those of for those of the fans who don't know you what should they expect from a marco mitrovic coach team yeah i um First of all, I, I'm big romantic about this game, and uh, I'm also very passionate. I would love to see us playing one uh, very attacking style of playing. Uh, I love to have the ball. Uh, that 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 our team has the ball, and uh, what it means that when we lose the ball, we have to get it back as soon as possible. But also, I massive believer on an uh, environment, and uh, I would love that we are the team with a lot of passion and energy and togetherness on the field. So we know that there's going to be difficult moments in a game, not just connected with the result. It's it it's going to be difficult, and those moments it's not going to be always about like tactically what you are doing on the field, but that togetherness and then and, and good energy will help us to 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 keep going and pass those challenges. So that's something that I would love us as a team to look like the Olympic Games and something that we are working on right now. You want to go? Yeah. I, I got a question that's kind of been burning me inside. So the last time the U.S. had sent an Olympic squad was mine in 2008 to Beijing. We brought three overage players and Brian McBride, a striker. Um, so it, it, we had a, a strong spine. Brad Guzan in goal and Michael Parkhurst. Have you had any idea or, or thoughts on who you put, could potentially bring as three overage players? We have talks about that. And as a, as a, as a federation and uh, yes, as, as an Olympic team, we will make decision on that. Uh, yeah, there are different perspectives, how, how we want to implement those guys. Is it position-based? This is like the most... Uh, experience. Uh, yeah, most experience or, or most uh, potential players that are not Olympic age uh, a group but they are maybe close to the roster of MNT. So there are different perspectives. We have to find the best perspective to make that decision. Uh, also, it's communication with the clubs. We cannot go in one direction and then we get no from the club. So, yeah, but uh, it's not that 
it's it's not that simple work to do to be honest well yeah, Marco. We yeah go sorry oh no i was just no finish please I just say, I want to say that we have to be sure that we are making the right, the right decision. That's a basic point, starting point. Excellent. Uh, well, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us this morning. Oh, wow. Best of luck in these upcoming matches. Uh, always cheering for you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate your time as well. All, All the best. Right. Guys, we're going to take another break. Um, we're going to stay on some U.S. chat. We are going to dive into some Americans abroad and their performances over the weekend. That's coming up after a quick timeout. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Uh, it's Tuesday, so we're checking in on some Americans abroad. Hey, how about this goal Jeez. from Rokas Pukstas for Hajduk Split? Oh! That's oh. supreme-level oh. talent right there. Oh. That was lovely. Uh, so here's a look at some of the notable performances that we saw. And our boys at PSV uh, put in a pretty decent shift. Serginio Dest, he assisted Malik Tillman on his goal. Um, so let's let's chat a little bit about these guys. Let's see it. Oh, we've got the goal. Here it is. This is in, in league play. And look so at the, the pass from Serginio Dest. Serginio Dest has been absolutely cooking. He is thriving with PSV as a left back. Just look how he's getting into the attack, and mm. He, mm. he's just a player that we don't have too many of in terms of his creativity, mm -hmm. his ability, his confidence on the ball. I love it. Um, Didn't we he's, decide he's not it on the left with the national team? That's, yeah. Right. <laughs> but he's doing it with PSV. Yeah, right is where he should be. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's difficult to see that because you're like, damn, he's so good. But when it comes to the national team, we don't see this from the left side. Also, we don't expect him to attack that way. Malik Tillman, on the other hand, balling. Got two goals in his last three matches. Malik Tillman made this move because he, he did really well at Rangers last yeah. year. Toughened him up. Had to. And now it's back to being a more, a more technical player, getting on the ball. You're, it's not a grind and a fight, and you're, you're forced with teams just sitting back. The, the Dutch league, it's, it opens up a lot more, and he's getting Champions League uh, appearances as well. So uh, what I love from Malik Tillman is we know he, he's, he's got a good touch. He's got good movement. He's always aggressive, looking to go forward. So now it's just putting those together to be consistent. Mm -hmm. And with the national team, I think it's taken him some time to get comfortable to understand not only his teammates' tendencies, but for them to understand his tendencies. And he's starting to, to really grow and develop with, with PSV. And it's no secret, Ernie Stewart's there to get more Americans who have the ability to, to shine in Europe. Who was just, who, someone was just rumored to be going there as well, another American. Uh, Miles Robinson. Was it Robinson. Miles Robinson? Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does seem to be. Why, why do you think 
Americans are doing well at PSV? I mean, I know there is the Ernie Stewart connection, but what is it about the club, the way they play, um, where Americans are having these opportunities and it, it's paying off on the pitch? It's a league that does favor attacking players okay. because yeah. the 4-3-3, which is the Dutch way of uh, style of play, it's very open. And, and, you're, and you have to learn tactics because positional play is extremely important. If you don't do what you're supposed to do, if you're a winger staying wide, high and wide, attacking 1v1, then you're off the pitch. And there's somebody coming in through the developmental ranks that knows exactly what they need to do to win their spot and to stay in that spot. I just want to get a quick little nugget on, on, on Dest. Des has already showed me that going forward, he's very, very good. He's excellent at what he does. Yeah, but even with Barcelona, he was a little shaky. He was nervous and, okay. of making those mistakes. Wasn't as comfortable and, 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 maybe, right. and maybe he sharpened that going forward. Like, I, I get it. He's, he's saucy. He's, he's got that flair to his game that's great. Defensively, still, and it will continue to be the question with him against Arsenal in Champions League, he didn't look good. That's if, the reality of who, it. If we who play did, with wing backs. I mean, who has in that group? Right, but you you can't you can play with wing backs. to to excel. Maybe 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 that you know. How do you put him in a position to succeed? Not even play with wing backs. Is he is? Am I too crazy to say he can be a winger? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like not having defense. Sometimes <laughs> I think like, even, yes, even, yeah, because you know crazy. what? To be, to be, to be <laughs> yeah. honest, like, who, against, against, against the best in the world, well, maybe like oh, injured Wea, for example. I understand Brendan Aronson is probably next to the pecking order, but I, I think he's a defensive liability at I like Charlie gets that look on his face. He's no, like, I'm, I'm just trying to find a solution for it a problem. It is intriguing yeah. of where to place yeah. them. That is I'm super intriguing. To be creative. I think yeah. he's getting better with his defensive responsibilities. He's improving. Germany wouldn't think so. That's all, that's all you can ask for. <laughs> just improve. Just be better. Do better. Sound like my wife. <laughs> oh, God. I've had an exposed shoulder for the entire two hours, and I regret this decision. It's, I'm it's telling, producer it Jen, it's heating. I'm coming in a bubble jacket soon. With Taco Bell. I'm gonna make heat blanket. With a chalupa. Yeah. That's you can, how I'm in, We'll say Baja Blast, no ice. Don't worry about it, it'll get cold in the studio. <laughs> I'm just gonna wrap this up and uh, chow on some, some chalupas. What Ooh, do we think? Let's go. Yeah. Let's go get hey. Taco Bell as a group. Kicking it tonight. Oh, yeah? It's a great episode. Thomas Rongen? Thomas Rongen. Let's go. And, um, yeah, a little bit about Kate Abdo. It's, it's going to be top. Don't miss it, guys. Miss we'll it. see you tomorrow. Have a great day, everyone. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to The Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.